Welcome to Millennial Wisdom, a listener's journey with powerful insights about your work and your life. The next installment of the Millennials Guide series is Millennials Guide to Relationships. Happy and healthy relationships are not a myth. Available everywhere now, wherever books are sold. And now, here's your host, consultant, coach, and best-selling author, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. Hi there, welcome to Millennial Wisdom, where we talk with millennials about what's going on in their lives. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom, and welcome. We have with us today, Disha Wadup. She is a social media strategist and a superstar, and I'm really happy you're here today, Disha. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, good, good. Me too. Me too. So we always want to start with what's your story. So tell us, what do you do now and what was your path to get there? Yeah, so I am a social media and business coach. I have, wow, my story is, is a roller coaster, right? So I originally went to university to be an events organizer. I wanted to be a wedding planner. That was my thing. I was like, well, first I wanted to be a famous actress, but I gave up on that um, <laughs> and, and decided maybe that wasn't my path. So I went down events and I was a wedding planner, conference organizer. And then I went through a bad breakup and I just kind of threw all my toys out of my pram, literally sold everything I had and booked a one-way ticket to Thailand. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to do this life. I'm, I'm going to Thailand. So I had a, I got a job in Thailand teaching English, which was great until I realized I don't like kids. <laughs> So, because I was like, it's not, this is not going to work yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to figure something else out. I was like, okay, what can I do now? Like events is very location specific. I wanted to travel. I wasn't a fan of kids. So the teaching thing wasn't going to work. Like, what's next? So I was in this really remote area of Thailand, about six hours northeast of Bangkok. Like nobody goes, even Thai people are like, what, what were you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> so there was nothing else to do. So I thought, right, I'm going to teach myself marketing. I'm going to teach myself how to run this online world. And maybe I can do that from anywhere. So I started a website and a social media following around a travel and fitness blog. I'm very into my fitness. So I thought, right, I'll just, I'll just figure this out. So I built my own websites. I did all of my own social media and I started growing a following that way and did all of that whilst living remotely in Thailand because there's nothing else to do. Nobody spoke any English. So <laughs> my okay. Thai wasn't that great. Right. And then I met a girl and she said, do you want to come to Australia with me? I was like, sure. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. And then one thing led to another. I'm in the outback in Australia home, essentially homeless because I just got fired from a job that had my accommodations. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I met some, some men, some construction boys, and they said, you can come and stay with us until you figure out what your next move is. I was like, okay, cool. Their boss comes to me one day and says, can you, can you type? Yeah, yeah, I can type. He goes, oh, awesome. Do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, okay. He goes, can you, don't suppose you can build websites, can you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do websites. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah, these are the websites I've built so far. He's like, oh, okay. How much do you want paying? And <laughs> how long do you want to stay? And I was like, nice. oh, okay. 
okay, yeah. So that was my first real job when somebody paid me to do this stuff. And I became his, I built out the whole marketing for this organization. They did uh, construction for the whole of Queensland. So I built out their brand new website, did all of their marketing structure for them. And they signed off my second year visa because it was construction, right? So you can stay in Australia if you get your second year visa. So I did that for them. And then I got bored of living in the outback because there was literally five pubs and a thousand people. And that was about it. (laughs) (laughs) Australians love to drink and do nothing else. So I moved down to Sydney and again, somebody else hired me in marketing. And I was like, but this seems to be, this seems to be working. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so they, they employed me in a, in a job in a, in a recruitment agency to do the marketing for a recruitment company. And I ended up spending three and a half years there in this recruitment agency doing marketing for them and building out their stuff, mm-hmm. which was great fun and fantastic experience. And then I started freelancing on the side because I then realized I'm basically still doing what I was in, doing in the UK. I'm just somewhere else. It's yeah. just hotter. It's just yeah. hotter here. Um, but I'm still <laughs> stuck here. So this isn't what I want to do either. So I threw all my toys out the pram again, sold everything. <laughs> and was like, I'm out. I'm going to go. I don't want to do this. I just don't know what else I want to do. So I went back to Asia and started freelancing and house sitting. And I, house sitting, I just looked after other people's animals and got to live in these beautiful villas all over Asia for free um, and build my business. So I did that for eight months. And then I was like, oh, at this point I'm hitting 30. I'm like, ah, crap, I should probably grow up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do something uh, that resembles an adulting life. So I moved back to England and got a job in a digital marketing agency. Again, blew my mind because people still kept hiring me to do this marketing stuff that I just taught myself. I was thinking, I don't know why people keep hiring me, but okay. So I worked for this digital marketing agency and I was still building, I still have my business, still building it up on the side. And then I was an account manager for this digital marketing agency. So I was managing a massive team of people bringing together national uh, campaigns for huge organizations and they were like you're really good at this we want to move you to the social media department and I was like that's what I've been doing on the side for years right <laughs> now, now you want to hire me that means I am actually good at it <laughs> excellent <laughs> so I quit <laughs> all right well I'm out then because my business by this point was making enough money that I didn't need the job aha uh-huh. okay so I, but I still wasn't a hundred percent sure that I could do it. So I got a remote job. I went back to recruitment, did marketing for a recruitment company, but I could work from home. So I cut out that remote, uh, the commute uh-huh. so I could build my business up on the side again. Right. And then after six months, this is, this is the universe. And now I can say this is the universe. The boss at this company was horrible. Ooh. And even though it was remote, he would take drugs, drink, send me abusive emails in the middle of the night. I'd wake up, not sure if I had a job in the morning. Oh, crazy. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I can say this is the universe being like, girl, you should have just started your business by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keep on going. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, now I'm ready. So in 2018, I finally quit working 
for other people full time and went into my business full time. And by that point, my business income was overtaking my full time income anyway. And instead of I, I kind of had a plan, I bought a house, so I had to have a mortgage and I'm single. So, you know, that I, nobody else is going to pay my bills. Yeah. But I thought sort of knew if I didn't make enough money, I could get a job. But me being me throws my toys out the pram every five minutes. I was <laughs> I was like, well, I could get a job. Or I could book a one-way ferry to Spain, go and live in Spain for a few months. <laughs> and then I have to make my business work because I can't get a job in Spain. So. Right, right. So, okay. So I did that. And then I had to make my business work and here I am now. Holy cow. <laughs> what an amazing journey. So you are in Spain now? I'm in England now. You're in England. Okay. Yeah. If COVID wasn't a thing, I would be in Spain now. Right. I hate winters in England. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. I feel like I need a few minutes to just absorb (laughs) all of that. That's incredible. I love it. So the first thing that comes to mind is that sounds like a lot of confidence that you throw all your toys out of the pram and then just completely start over. Are you like bankrolled or something or like, how did you, how did you do this? I literally had no money. The very first time I did it, I was relying on the the sale of my car to fund everything. And and the day before I flew out of the country, my car broke down. (laughs) I'm sorry to laugh, but oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I I was driving to work for my very last day of, of work and the car was making a funny noise on the drive and it was really concerning. So I thought I'll pull into this garage and just make sure that it's okay. Uh-huh. And I pulled in and the guy said, you can't, you can't drive this. It's going to blow up. And I was like, what do you mean? And of course I was, I literally had packed up my entire house. I was flying out of the country the very next day and I was selling my car that evening. So <laughs> I just broke down in tears in this mechanic's office and was like, yeah. And he, poor guy, was like, do you want a cup of tea? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say to this this woman crying in my office. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I ended up negotiating the sale and I lost a thousand pounds off the price of the car. But that was what was going to fund me for the trip. Oh, boy. Crap. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I just had to make it work. And when I, so I flew into Thailand. I had two weeks without employment in Thailand, and then I was earning Thai money. So it was only about 750 pounds per month uh-huh. that I was earning, which is which was enough to live where I was remotely without going crazy. Yeah. So when I flew to Australia, I spent a week when I was in Thailand applying to jobs beforehand uh-huh. so that I got a job the day I flew into Australia <laughs> because I couldn't afford not to. Right. And I remember getting to the airport in Australia and buying a bottle of water, which was the entire week's allowance that I had been spending in, in, in Thailand, <laughs> a bottle of water at the airport. And I just remember thinking, I, I got to find a job today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to afford to eat dinner tonight at this rate. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I really admire your hustle. That's impressive. That's impressive. It sounds also exhausting, but impressive. And look, you're you're here on the side where clearly you're good at what you do and people want to hire you for it. Tell me about that moment where when they went to hire you for something, that's when you realized you were good enough to do it on your own. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about tell me more about that. 
So I, the, my, my boss came to me and he's like, we want to move you to the social media department. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. And obviously they didn't know I had a side hustle. I right. hadn't, been, hadn't told them. Right. Like, you're, you're really good at the social media stuff. And I was like, well, it's because I'm a social media manager on the side. Like, that's what I've been yeah. doing. Yeah. <laughs> but because they wanted to hire me and move me into that department, I was like, oh, okay. Even though I had clients that were paying me uh-huh. on the side to do it too. I just, it was that moment of, oh, I am good enough. <laughs> do you think you would have reached that point realizing you were good enough without someone externally telling you uh, eventually when my business started making more money I guess right okay but okay it was the confidence and I when I first when I got my first, very first client uh, as social treats as my brand that I had created uh-huh. I was I remember driving I was driving along I was listening to an audiobook and Jen Sincero be a, a badass at making money and the, the book, for, for an English person, it is very cliche, cheesy American. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to go with this. So I was driving along the road and she's like, shout from the top of your lungs how much money you're going to make. Yeah. So I was in my car driving along. I'm going to make an extra thousand pounds. And I was like, yeah. And I was getting all pumped up looking like an idiot in the traffic jams in England. Yeah screaming my head off that's fine. um yeah but I was like if I'm gonna make another thousand pounds it's gonna be awesome I got out of the car and I had a message on my phone from somebody I had met in Sydney three years previously and I had done what you guys probably call like air task or, or rabbit what yeah do you call it? task rabbit yeah. yeah yeah that one uh well I had taught him to use Hootsuite in a cafe in Sydney like three years beforehand he sent me a message on Facebook saying hey are you that girl I met in Sydney uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. That's me. He's like, are you still doing that social media stuff? And I was like, yep. Yeah, I am. He's like, okay, what packages do you have? And I was like, so I sent him my brand new sparkly website that I had just designed. Yeah. Um, and he literally screenshot one and sent it back to me and signed up for three months minimum. And it came to a thousand pounds. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about instinct and serendipity. I love this. I hear from so many people who have trouble kind of figuring out kind of how to let go enough to listen to their instinct and let serendipity happen. How, how, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in, in kind of going more with the flow and trusting that these kinds of things will happen? It, 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 it takes work. And from somebody like I am a big planner. I like, I'm, uh-huh. you know, my background's events. I'm a systems right. person and processes. Um, so not having a plan is almost, that's exhilarating to me. I'm like, yeah. when I throw my toys out the pram, I'm like, I don't have a plan. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> just get, oh, so that's the, I just set huge goals and I put them out there. I'm like, this is what's going to happen. And that's, it's just inevitable, right? If, yeah. you're, if you know that your success is inevitable, nothing else can stop you because that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Done. There you go. Piece yeah. of cake. Piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So let, let's switch to marketing a little bit. You do marketing and you're a social media strategist. I know that things are different for millennials than they were for Gen Xers like me. And of course, people older than me as well, around the need for regular everyday people to potentially have a brand for themselves. So someone who's 
working a nine to five job or they're a hairdresser or they're a construction worker or they're doing whatever, how important is it for all of us to have our own brand? It's so important because you as an individual is what's going to get you hired. Like even if you, even if, if it's just corporate you're staying in, like that when I built those websites and I built um, that Twitter following and all of that following that I had, when I went to those interviews, that's what they were looking at. They were like, oh, we've seen these posts. And I forgot that I tweeted about those things and like shared stuff. And they were like, oh, we've seen these posts that you did. And you were really interested in the stuff that you're sharing. And I was like, oh, okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, and it gives that sort of human aspect because we're talking so much about uh, like the work-life balance, but realistically, nowadays there is no work-life balance it's just life right so right when you're whether employed or you're an entrepreneur it's life everything is merged so you may as well own it and be like yeah I have a dog and yeah this is what I do in my single life but it's also part of my work life because it is a whole life rather than work-life balance right okay I love it. I love it. So you have some ideas for things that people need to do before they start marketing. What are those things? Yeah. So the first thing is to clear up your Facebook profile because you've probably had your Facebook profile for a while. And, you know, the days when you would sit at a bar and get drunk and share those pictures on Facebook, like maybe not relevant to your <laughs> clients or your, or your clients. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And there are ways to manage this. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at your Facebook profile, look at it from a person who's not your friend uh-huh. and what you've shared, because often what you share is those viral type things that are there for public, but you might not want a potential client or employer seeing those things. So knowing what you've shared and you can strategically share things like I strategically share a lot of stuff publicly so that when people who aren't my friends on Facebook go and be nosy, they can still learn about me and what I am and what I do. Right. But you're so, curating it. You're not yes. just flinging everything out there. Okay. No, curating okay. everything. So that posts I share, I either put some public or I put some private, depending on what the right. post is about. Because obviously, and we have privacy and that's the next point. On your Facebook profile, you can segment your friends lists so when you go into your friends lists on facebook you can add people into certain lists and that is so awesome because if you have friends and family for example when you want to share pictures of kids that you don't necessarily want every tom dick and harry seeing you can do that and just share it to that segment of friends The same with if you're doing something business related on your personal profile, you can share that with just those people that are on that list that you want to target for your business. Okay. So being able to do that and segment those places means that you can then curate that feed for those people and not mix work with, with life. And I, my biggest fans are my family, but love them. They're never going to buy from me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys but please don't like and comment on my posts with random things right right (laughs) this allows you to segment those people so it is slightly separate Mm -hmm. the other thing is reusing content right let's not recreate the wheel all the time 
I have a content database that I put all of my posts into so that when I want to reuse it, if I'm relaunching something or doing something again or the same time of year, I can just take those posts back out of the, of the content calendar and add them back in. Nice. Yeah. So I don't have to recreate the wheel all the time. It's already done. Wow. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. And having it somewhere outside of social media, like I have it in, I have an air table, which is just like a content management system. Same sort of thing as Asana or Trello, all these types of different things that you can use. Uh-huh. You can even just use a spreadsheet. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Just take it out of social media and put it somewhere else so that you can organize it. And, you know, one day you might be able to hire a VA to do it for you. Yeah. And they, a virtual and then, assistant. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they've got all of your, all of your content already there. All they have to do is share it back out again. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Easy. Okay. And you talked about how to market yourself organically. Yes. On Facebook. What does that mean? And how do you yeah. do it? <laughs> so I am a big fan of not paying for ads. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a face I'm trained by Facebook to run training for them. So they don't let me hear, hear me say this, that I don't want to pay them for, <laughs> right. for, uh, for running things on Facebook and getting people to pay you. That is key. And I think massively you should be able to sell whatever it is that you're selling organically before you put any money into it on ads. Because otherwise, it's a really expensive test to yeah. see if what, you, what you're selling actually works or what people actually want it. Yeah. So if you can sell things organically, then you can, of course, scale with ads um, if you want to get more people and reach more people. But sell things organically. I don't use any ads in my business at all. And it's because I use Facebook groups. I use my personal profile and I use relationships. I want to connect with people in in direct messages. I want to build those relationships and those connections. And I share a lot about my life. So when when people sign up with me, like, oh, I already know your dog. And then he'll bark in the background. They go, oh, hi, Rolo. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You know my dog's name because you follow me on social media. (laughs) They know everything about my life because... I share so much and you don't have to share as much as I share. You can share whatever, however much you want to share, but being authentically you uh-huh. is what's going to make you stand out from the, the next person that's offering the same thing as you. Right. Because that's not beat around the bush. There are people offering the same things as all of us. We're not, we're not a hundred percent unique as a product or service. Right. Right. Uh, it is us that is a hundred percent unique. So right. stand out and be yourself. Awesome. I love it. Love it. So you have a new program coming up, right? A sales program. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my new program is based around getting four figure sales through organic marketing. So I uh, don't want people selling by the hour. I want you to create packages that allow you to leverage your time, right? Because the reason I went into creating my business is for freedom. Yeah. Pre-COVID, I want to travel. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get out and see the world. So I want to leverage that time and make the most of it. So it it takes you the same amount of time to create to sell one hour as it does to sell a four-figure package. Sure. So we're going to create those four-figure packages and then sell them. And one of my clients who went through the program last year went from 400 euros a month to 3,000 euros a month in five weeks in the program. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So yeah. how do people find out about your program? 
So they can go to my website, uh, socialtreats.co.uk slash attract dream clients. Can you say that again a little slower? Yeah, social treats, like social media treats because I like cake, .co.uk. .co.uk. Yes. Got it. Okay. I'm translating from British English to American English here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Got it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So they can join in there. We kick off on the 22nd of March. 22nd of March. All right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Cool. So what's next for you? Oh, scaling. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I have sold out my one-on-one this year. So I've got a wait list now for my one-on-one program. I only work with six people because I don't want to work loads. Uh-huh. Not, not why I went into business. Yeah. Um, so I only work with six people one-on-one. So scaling that, getting a bigger wait list, building out my group program, and then launching some masterminds this year. And hopefully, personally, buying a new house closer to my family. Ooh. And going to Spain because, you know, I need some sunshine in my life. Nice. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Awesome. Disha Wadup, social media strategist, and she is at socialtreats.co.uk. Yes. I get that right. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. Yeah. Real pleasure. So listeners, please check her out. She got, she's amazing. She's, uh, I'm going to ask her to be my new best friend. So that's Yay! coming up as soon as we stop the recording here, but, uh, check her out and check us out at leadwithwisdom.com and check out the millennials guides, including millennials guide to work, millennials guide to management and leadership. And I'm going to see if we can get Disha to write a millennials guide for us, uh, as we get off the air here. So thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to Millennial Wisdom, a listener's journey with powerful insights about your work and your life with consultant, coach, and best-selling author, Dr. Jennifer Wisdom. For more information about the work Dr. Jennifer Wisdom is doing, visit leadwithwisdom.com. Millennial's Wisdom is sponsored by Millennial's Guides Books, available where books are sold and at millennialsguides.com. The next installment of the Millennial's Guide series is Millennial's Guide to Relationships, Happy and healthy relationships are not a myth. Available everywhere now, wherever books are sold.